Hello and welcome to the Motley Mystic's Meditation Musings. I'm Candace Shalou. I'm the Mott Head or the Head Motley Mystic around here. In this podcast, I take you on my daily dog walks with me where I often record some off-the-cuff musings about the Motley collection of spiritual thoughts and ideas that tend to wander into my mind during the day and especially when I'm out on walks. In this episode, I talk about the many different worlds we inhabit during the course of our lives and how we have a choice to leave those old worlds that aren't serving us anymore and instead be constantly creating new and better worlds of peace and love and joy. I hope you enjoy this episode. Over the course of my life, I have lived in many different worlds. I have lived in the world of my parents, That was the first world I lived in, where there were rules, lots of things to be learned. They taught me how to speak. They taught me how to eat, (laughs) how to use utensils, how to have manners at the table and not slurp my soup or my cereal. But it was their world, and I was simply a part of that world. I was the last of five children, so being the baby, as anyone who is the baby of a family knows, is its own sort of world where you are not uh, considered very much. You are taken from place to place. Your opinion does not really count very much. (laughs) You're not asked whether you would like to move to a different city or a different state. You are not asked what you want for dinner. You are simply served. And that's a kind of world that can cause you to want to stay in that kind of world, even when your circumstances change, because that's the kind of world that fosters a sense of helplessness, a sense of dependency upon others. And this was the mindset I took into my next world in my teenage years and early 20s. I was very shy. I was very unassuming. I didn't give my opinion because no one had ever asked for it. (laughs) Whatever my opinions were, I didn't feel they were worth expressing because no one no one had ever asked, no one had ever valued them. In my first serious relationship with, with another woman, I was shy to the point that people would look at me and ask me a direct question and she would answer for me and that was fine with me. That was the world I came from. Uh, the baby never got to answer questions. The baby didn't have opinions <laughs> or thoughts in their pretty little heads. And so I was unprepared when my world changed, when I was living out on my own and had to make my own decisions and had to fend for myself. And it was interesting, the the world that I found myself in was the world of, of radio, AM radio specifically, where we did talk shows and things like that, swapping shops, that kind of thing. Nobody listens to AM radio anymore, but it used to be a, a rather robust medium. I went into the radio business when I was 17, so by the time I was 20 years old, I had a talk show of my own called The Candace Peterson Show, because Chalou is such a hard name to say. (laughs) So I went by a nom de plume, as they say, pseudonym, and this show forced me into a whole different world, a world where I had to be proactive, a world where I had to fend for myself, a world where I had to build a show all by myself, call people on the phone and ask them to be on my radio show. It was a brand new world and it changed me. You know, I could, I could talk in front of a 
an empty studio into a microphone. That was easy. But then I was having to learn how to speak in front of people. And that was a brand new thing. I had never done that before. I'd always been shy and not wanting to, to speak out when people, other people were present or in the room. That was too scary. But now, now I was becoming a local celebrity. And so I had opportunities to go and, and mingle with the public and speak in public. And it was a huge, huge learning experience for me and a world that I enjoyed to the fullest because I, I also did news. I was also a news reporter in that time and that required me to go out and talk to strangers and put microphones in, in people's faces and ask them questions, you know, even during very sensitive times, uh, after tragedies and after uh, traumas. So I learned, I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about myself. And that opened up a whole world of possibility to me. I had gone from this very seclusionary world where people took care of me into this world where people helped me, where people wanted to, to be on my show and they wanted to, to talk to me and they wanted to hear from me. And it was a very sort of a jarring experience in the beginning, but then I got used to this new world. But one of those worlds that I lived in was a world of my own making. When you're in your parents' world, this is it's their world, and they write the rules, and when you go into the world of work, it's their rules, and if you don't like them, you know, you can go find another job, but that's just somebody else's rules again, unless you go into, into business for yourself. And then there's other rules out there in society of marketing rules and ways to get noticed and sales and blah 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 It goes on. Everybody's got rules. Every world has its rules. There are also worlds that we create. And the world I created for myself, the, the Genesis story of this world, was when I was nine years old and my father divorced my mother. Now my father was a Southern Baptist minister who I remember him giving sermons about the evils of adultery and divorce. And he must have studied that subject so well he decided to go give it a try for himself. And he left us when I was nine years old. And this is where I created a world built upon the foundation of anger, hurt, deep, pain at feeling abandoned and cynicism. I remember combing through my childhood Bible and underlining every single passage about adultery and divorce so I could condemn my father with the same words that he used to condemn others before he became exactly what he had been condemning. And so from nine <laughs> until probably about in the middle of my thirties I created a world full of anger, a world full of pain, a world full of fear of abandonment, a world full of fear of relationships, fear of God. God and I were not on good terms for a long, long time after all of this. But this was a world of my own making. This was the world I chose to create. I can't say nothing good came of it because I did achieve a lot in this time. Out of this anger and cynicism came protection for myself. I moved through the world in a determined way to show my father, I guess, that I was not someone 
who could be easily abandoned, that I was someone who was going to be successful in the world. I was going to be someone who had a successful journalism career, and I did. I did. I got all the way to CNN. That is the pinnacle of anybody's journalism career. But I was not happy. This world did not make me happy. I had relationships, sure. I had times when I was happy on the outside. But I always knew that there was something more. There was a better world somewhere. And that's when I found my gateway guru. <laughs> that's what I call Wayne Dyer. I had never really heard anyone like Wayne Dyer talk before. And he has this story that he tells about his own father, that his father abandoned his family when he was much younger. And I believe they had to go into foster care. I think, that, I think I'm getting the story right, but he had no idea what really had become of his father. And he decided at some point that he needed to figure out where his father was because he was doing his own path of forgiveness, his own forgiveness work around the issues of his father. And he went on a grand search to try to find his father. And what he discovered was that his father had died several years before he began his search. So his father had been dead during all this time when he was out trying to, to find him. And so he located where his father's grave was. And he went to the grave, and it was there at the graveside that Wayne Dyer forgave his father. He sat and chatted with the headstone, just talked to his father, told him everything that he wanted his father to know mainly that he had forgiven him and he thanked him he thanked his father for teaching him the one lesson that he needed to learn and that was forgiveness that's the world that wayne dyer stepped into in that moment was a world of forgiveness a world where we understand that we're all doing the best that we have with what we have in this moment we don't, we don't do better because we don't know better. And I had to think about my own father, who had died when I was 17 years old. And when I came around to my forgiveness work in my 30s, he, was, he had been long gone, long, long gone, and, and we had had very little contact in the years that he was alive. And so I mimicked Wayne, I had attended my father's funeral in uh, Brunswick, Georgia, but I had no idea exactly where he was buried, so with the help of my siblings, I figured out where to go, and I went to my own father's grave, and I had been working with a therapist for several years to, to try to get to this point where I could say what I needed to say to my father and ultimately forgive him. And so as I approached the grave, it was a, it had been a rainy, drizzly day, all day, on the drive down there, and when I got to the cemetery, and I walked around the cemetery for a little while and finally found my father's grave, and I stopped and had to realize I wasn't ready. I didn't forgive my father in that moment. In fact, I was still very, very angry, and so I let him have it. I stood at that graveside and yelled at my father 
and I told him all the things that I didn't forgive him for, all the things that had hurt me, all the things that he had done, that I had taken and created a complete world and identity around for all those years. And the rain kept falling. I probably looked like a crazy person ranting at a gravestone in the rain. But after I said everything I needed to say, I took a deep breath. And I looked squarely at that headstone and I said, Dad, I forgive you. And I'm not kidding, people. I'm not kidding. This is God is just a drama queen. At the moment that I said, Dad, I forgive you, the clouds parted, the rain stopped, the sunshine came through the clouds. The only thing that was missing was the angels singing. Whoa! <laughs> it was an amazing moment. But it was the only the beginning of my healing. It changed the world that I was living in. But as we can see, all the worlds we live in are temporary. We're meant to change worlds. We're meant to evolve into new places to live, new, new universes of being. If we're not changing from one world to another, then we're not growing. I can't stay in my parents' world where somebody's going to take care of me all the time. Maybe I can seek that out as an adult, but it's never going to be healthy. I can't be in a place where I can't speak up for myself. I can't be in a world where I have to have others defend me or make my way in the world for me. I have to create a world where I am the hero on the journey, where I am the one who can face challenges, where I am the one who can find the helpers. Everybody wanted to be on my radio show. It was never a hard ask. <laughs> Everybody wanted to talk on the radio, but it built my confidence. And so I left behind the world of anger and cynicism. And one of the keys to helping me leave that world was A Course in Miracles, quite honestly. Now, as a Southern Baptist kid, any one of my Southern Baptist relatives or friends would tell me that I am on a dangerous, heretical path with A Course in Miracles. But A Course in Miracles that doesn't have anything to do with dogma, it doesn't have anything to do with believing creeds or whatever. It's everything about changing your mind. It's about creating the world you want. Because the only world, the only universe that you can change is the one that is within you. There I was living in that angry, cynical world, and amazingly, the world around me was angry and cynical. And I got tired of being in that world. I wanted a world where people were peaceful and kind and generous. Well, you know how you create that world? You become peaceful and kind and generous, and it's amazing. The energy that you exude as a peaceful, kind, and generous person draws other peaceful, kind, and generous people to you. If you want a loving world, if you want to live in that kind of a world, you become it inside first, because everything outside of us is a projection of what is inside of us. And that is the honest truth, and that is all that the Course teaches. And it teaches that we are the light of the world. The truth about ourselves, the truth about every single one of us, is that we are created in love and peace and joy. And if we can remember that, 
then we can create that world of love and peace and joy within us, no matter what our outward circumstances look like. Yeah, my father abandoned me. Okay. Well, that's the fact of the matter. But I didn't abandon me. I am still here with me. And I can choose the world that I live in. And the world I choose to live in is the world of peace and joy and love. And that does not mean that I am ignoring the problems of the world. It means that I can see them more clearly. And I can see the truth about them. I can see that there are not bad people in the world doing bad acts. There are bad systems in the world, and people are caught up in them. People are caught up in their egos, and they believe that their ego is truly who they are. They believe that this, this angry, fearful side of them is the only thing that they have. That's what I believed for a long, long time. I didn't think I could get out of that world of anger and cynicism. This is what I created. This is the bed I made. I'm going to have to lie in it for the rest of my life. And that's just not true. The Course taught me we have a choice. We can choose fear or we can choose love. And every time we choose fear, every time we choose to believe in the worlds of fear that we have created, we separate ourselves from who we truly are, that world where we always live, which is that world of peace and love and joy. And so we can choose. We can choose which world we live in. So I want to ask you what world you're living in today. Are you living in a place of peace? Are you living in a place of joy? Or are you living in a place of anxiety? Are you living in a place of fear? Are you living in a place of anger? Are you living in a place of despair? Are you living in a place of false positivity where you're just going, I'm happy, I'm happy, even though you know you're not, and you feel stuck? You have a choice, my friends. You have a choice which world you live in. You can live in that place of fear, you can live in that place of anxiety, or you can live in peace. And it's not a denial of your fear and anxiety, it is a transcendence of it. It is an acceptance that fear and anxiety are there, but they don't have to run the show. They're not the government in your world. They might be a vocal minority, but they are not who runs the place. God's peace and joy and love, that's who you are. That's who runs this world. That's the world I live in that I most try <laughs> let me back up, that's the world I try to live in most of the time. I'm not great at it yet. I visit that world. Sometimes I'm still stuck in my other worlds. There are days, there are days. But I have to remind myself, I can choose. I can choose to live in that world. I can choose to live in that world exclusively. But it's always a daily reminder and a daily exercise of figuring out which world I'm living in. And if I really want to stay in that world. And if I don't, I can leave it. I got my passport. I can leave that world. I can go to a new one. So I invite you friends, think about the world you're living in. Think about the one you want to live in. And concentrate more on where you want to be. Embrace where you are right now. Love it. Love it. But picture that world you want to create. And work toward that. Thank you for spending some time with me today during my mobile Motley Mystic Meditation musings. I hope you'll join me again for future podcasts. In the meantime, you can find more of my writing over at motleymystic.substack.com. And you can listen to my sermons and teachings at Jubilee Circle in Columbia, South Carolina by visiting jubileecircle.com. The music you're hearing is a song called Lazy Day by Jason Shaw from the website Free Music Archive. Until next time, keep musing and meandering, you motley mystics.